0: Welcome to the Relief Pitcher Preview, a notoriously finicky position? I think that's where you're
1: going. Really? Things are notoriously finicky, yes. They, well, they are with Relief yeah. Pitcher. We know it's a crazy a lot of, position. A lot of turnover.
0: Let's give some crazy stats out. All right, here's one. Aroldis Chapman's never had a 40-save season. What? Yeah, isn't that crazy?
2: Crazy. Isn't that finicky? Heath, give me a, uh, a Roberto Ozuna finicky stat. A finicky means fussy about one's needs or requirements. <laughs> okay, so it's definitely not finicky. I'm not sure that relievers <laughs> not. are notoriously finicky, but Roberto Osuna was notoriously not that good in save situations last year. He had a 4.18 ERA in a save situation. In non-save situations, he was around one. And he has been a top five closer two straight seasons
0: in points in and top seven in Roto. Yeah, he uh, here, needs to stop doing that because he's a really good pitcher. Here's one more: Kenley Jansen in 2016 would have been the number seven first baseman in points leagues. Last year he would have been the number six first baseman in points leagues, and he was 202 fantasy points better than the number six relief pitcher in 2016, and 123.5 better than number six in 2017. So there's that. Scott, do you have any stats off the top of your head that you want to throw at <laughs> us? Relief pitcher stats? Uh, I hmm. know yeah, it's totally uh off. the
1: how about this? Do you know who led closers? you know who was second? Because because Craig Kemper was first, 16.4 Ks per nine. Who was second among closers last year in K per nine? Mm, I don't know. Corey Knebel oh, at 14.9. Yeah. Kenley Jansen was third, 14.4. Okay, well, let's dive into it, guys. Let's talk relief
0: pitcher. This is a position that, for me, has changed the most in recent years in terms of how I draft them. Uh It's I don't know feels a little top more top heavy now. I mean, you certainly can't go into your season being like, well, there are thirty teams, there are thirty closers, no problem. I'll just draft some of the like, like there's going to be so much turnover. There are position, there are closer spots that are undecided. Yeah, there are bad situations that you want to completely avoid. I so, so lay out the landscape. I go me. so
1: far, and this is true every year. I go so far as to say half, half. The pitchers who we expect to close at the start of the season will not ultimately be the closers. And And maybe not, maybe won't even lead their team in saves. Like it'll happen that soon.
2: One thing about closers slash relievers that we probably include and it goes to Scott's point is that they're dealing with very small sample sizes. Yeah. Even over a full season. And we see like guys like Knebel. Coming into last year, he had a 4.03 ERA over 91 innings in his career. Mm-hmm. He had a FIP of 3.64. He hadn't been terribly unlucky, and then all of a sudden last year he was just awesome. Same thing for a guy like Felipe Rivero. One of those two is probably going to go back to just being whatever this year.
0: Uh, Felipe Rivero and Corey Canable? Well, that's—I mean, those two guys have. Like, tremendous stuff. And, yeah, the potential. Like, Canelo, at least, is in a situation where he's on a team that should be good. He could get a 40-save season. Rivero, probably probably a little more See, difficult. I'm not even sure yeah. if they win 40 games. The Pirates? Well, I mean, this is actually a really important point here. When you look at closers and what you're looking for, are you just looking for saves? Because, you know, the ratio stats are great, but they don't throw. They throw, what, 70 innings something like that, so they're not going to have that much of an impact? Mm-hmm. Or are you looking for elite, you know, ERA, whip, strikeouts, whatever? Um and then you got to consider this. There is a very strong correlation between being a bad team and not getting a lot of save chances. I looked at the last two seasons and in 2016, seven teams had 70 or fewer wins. Six of them finished in the bottom 10 in save chances. In 2017, uh it was, you know, it was it was almost exactly the same, I'm sorry, I don't have it. Uh no, six teams so it was five out of also okay. Here we go. Ready? Last two seasons, thirteen teams won seventy or fewer games. Twelve of them finished in the bottom ten. You know, over two seasons in save chances. So I don't want necessarily a reliever on a terrible
1: team. Yeah, not on a terrible team. I, I think if it's you know just kind of a bad team, little, slightly sub five hundred, they can yeah, they can fine. compete and save in terms of save totals. But you know, the Padres, who I think are <laughs> even with Hosmer. See, uh, I the think they're potentially a 100-loss
2: team. I think the Pirates are worse than the Padres are, almost yeah, for sure. I don't know.
1: I, don't know. I, I I think the Pirates have a lot of upside both in their lineup and on their pitching staff. I, I still see them finishing in last place in that division because there are a lot of good teams, but I don't think it'll be, uh, you know, like we're contending for the top draft pick kind of season for the Pirates. Um, but – to answer the broader question of what I'm looking for in the close, in a closer, it kind of depends on format because in a points league, you only have, everybody only has two relief pitcher spots to fill. You, you need a decent save total from those two. You don't care as much about the percentages because those aren't categories. It's not like a roto league in that way, but you just need some save totals to get points. Then in a roto league, it makes a little more sense to invest in the high end closers to help an ERA and whip. I, I don't think it's cost effective particularly now I mean Kenley Jansen his his ADP's like third round right it seems like those guys are getting more and more expensive yeah, I the just the very beginning of the fourth round in a 12 team league I 37th. just want I just want to be able to compete in saves and you can do that at least in a mixed league for you know you don't you don't have to invest a lot to do that just get three guys who you're expecting to fill the role and not every team in a 12 team league or even in a 10 team league is going to be able to have three. So you're going to have an advantage there, uh you know, quantity over quality thing going on. And yeah, it's possible one of those guys will lose his job. It's possible maybe both at will at some point. But as pitchers lose their jobs, others are getting the job. You're still playing the waiver wire. Like you're you're getting a nice head start there with three uh three save sources and then you're constantly feeding it over the course of the season so you never fall behind.
2: I'm putting far more priority on saves in a points league. Like which I think is what Scott was saying. I'm planning on taking four relievers, at least, I would say, in most categories leagues. I really need these guys to help me in the ratios and to get a ton of Ks. And there are really ten that I feel pretty confident are going to do that and will get saves for the most part.
0: Ten guys that will help you with strikeouts and ratios and will get some I, saves.
2: I, I believe in a couple of them, like I just said, Ozuna, I still think he's really good. I've got him fifth at closer, but he definitely had some problems last year. Ken Giles, I'm not saying they're safe, but that's I feel like they're going to be able to help me in those categories. They're, they're, and I probably want to get two of them.
0: They're definitely good. Want to pitchers. get two of them. We want to name the ten that you're looking you want to get to. And Ken, this is in a categories league you're saying.
2: Kenley, Kimbrell, Chapman, Giles, Ozuna, Knable, Noble, Iglesias, <laughs> Hand, Cody Allen, and Wade Davis. Okay.
0: Iglesias, Hand, Cody Allen, Wade Davis. This is a really tricky position because you also have to worry about guys getting traded off of bad teams. So, yeah, we'll get into that, which is why I think I just love looking at job security. You know, I want a guy with good job security that doesn't have a lot of competition in his own bullpen. Um, I think Corey Knable kind of does. I don't think Ozuna really does. Uh, Edwin Diaz maybe does. Some, some good arms there.
2: I think I'm moving Rysel Iglesias up again.
0: Why? See, that's the thing. Why do you have him so high? Cause they're gonna be a bad team. He doesn't get a lot of saves.
2: He, though, is used in a way that's different than almost all other closers. He has more five out or more outings than other closers, which gives him more chances to accumulate saves and wins even on a bad team.
0: But he only had 28 saves. I mean, he is, he's really good, Rysel oh, well, Iglesias. He was the number 12 Relief pitcher, taking away any starting pitcher that's eligible at RP. And I don't think there were many good ones last year. Iglesias was the number 12 RP, uh, in both points and roto. 249 ERA, 111 whip, 92 strikeouts in 76 innings, but only 28
1: saves. So he is an interesting case. It's, I think there's a good chance the Reds are better this year. Yes. But I don't think there's much of a chance the Reds are in the playoff hunt. And we've, the Reds, sorry. And we've already seen uh, chatter out there this offseason about Rysel Iglesias' trade chip for them. So that plays into the job security aspect as well. And, yeah, I mean, job security is – I don't want to say it's everything, but it's pretty close in that role. Because if you go from a guy who's getting saves to a guy not getting saves, that is the biggest swing in value you'll you'll see in fantasy baseball. I mean, in standard mixed leagues, the guy not getting saves is close to worthless. Yeah. So – uh, you know, standard gets, mixed points leagues. Well, even in Roto leagues, he's close to worthless yeah. because there, there there's so many like Tommy Canely types that you can pick up off the waiver wire to pad those ratios anytime you want. Like those those guys are not something I, you need to pay and
2: for. And again, Tommy Canley I like Iglesias has done this for a couple of years. I believe he like if he were to get traded to a team, I think he could be closer to Andrew Miller in his consistency than these other guys and, and pitching two inning outings.
1: And there's something to be said for consistency, sure. But even if it's not Tommy Kainley this year, it'll be the next Tommy Kainley. You know, there, I just there's don't think it's always per,
2: it's not my my argument for there is not that you're not right. You are. There will be different guys that do that. Because the sample sizes are so small, having a guy do that for two months of the season is not going to make me think, "Oh, I want to go grab him. He's going to do that the rest of the year." Those two innings are probably twenty, or two out, two months are probably twenty innings.
0: Let's get into that a little bit later, and because you know, format is going to change, which pitchers are valuable and whatnot. But Heath says he wants, in a categories league, he wants to get two of his top ten closers because he thinks they'll give him enough saves plus great strikeout. Uh, numbers, uh, whip, ERA. So two of his top ten. Scott, how about you? Do you have any any guidelines of what you're looking for on draft day at closer?
1: I am looking to spend as little as possible on saves because you know it, it changes if you get in like a league specific format or if you get in a huge league like a 2014 mixed league and that scarcity, you know, a scarcity is introduced. In that way, but uh, otherwise, you can get you can get saves for cheap, (laughs) and they may end up being (laughs) surprisingly good saves. (laughs)
0: Interesting, excuse me, but saying one guy—I mean, these are two completely different takes on on the position—and like like I've said on a number of shows, but if you're just tuning in to you know you're starting with the position previews, Scott and Heath and I and Chris and I were all in the same roto league last year. Scott and Heath both finished in the top three or four. It was really really close at the top. Both of them did very very well. And they had completely different relief pitcher strategies. This was a 12 team roto league with nine pitcher spots, uh, five by five. So there are different ways to skin a cat, I guess. Although we don't endorse that we, we don't skin cats. We are cat lovers on this podcast. And, uh, uh particularly different you, different ways you. to go about it. I do you love are cats. A cat lover. <laughs> I just want, I just want some, uh, some job security. That's what I want. I don't want to go chasing the, you know, the, the guys in these bad teams. That might become closers and might not – you know, like Tyler Clippert at the end of last year, right? Wasn't he a White Sox closer or something like that? Or am uh, I making that up? Mm, I think I'm
1: making that up. Who was the I, – I think maybe he was declared the closer at some point, but then maybe got one save and want to chase I don't want to chase that situation. Yeah, well, that's, I want job that's security. Extreme,
0: but, yeah. I know. Well, I went to the extremes. You know what I like a little bit? Just throw this out there. I kind of like Sean Doolittle. No hype on him. He's on a, a great team. I on a great
1: team. He was really good last year. Yep. He was really good like three years ago when he first broke through as a uh, closer for the athletics. and um, But then got hurt and kind of bumped, got bumped out of the role for a while. But yeah, tremendous strikeout to walk ratio. I think he could be great. I think the Nationals are a team that might be interested in Greg Holland. So like I could totally see that. <laughs> like right. even even that, there's a question of job security, at least while Holland's out there. And they do have
0: two Set up men that are pretty good as well. Yeah. So, something
1: to keep in mind. Brandon Kinsler and Ryan Matson.
0: Right, exactly. Um, alright, so let's, let's get into it a little bit more then. And, um, when's the earliest you'll take a relief pitcher? How about that?
1: So, he's the one more willing to invest in, in the top guys, which, I mean, are Kenley Jansen and Craig Kimbrell, clearly, right? Those are, they're, they're kind of a standalone, um, Average draft position has them on. According to Fantasy Pros, they're going in the third round, right? Early fourth, and early fourth,
0: thirty seventh overall for Jansen, and forty eighth overall for Kimbrel. Chapman is then almost twenty picks later. That's 64. too early
2: for you, too, right? Um, I don't think that's necessarily. It's right in the range. And in, in Roto. And these are all, like, in points, there's no way I'm taking a closer in the fourth round. Like if, I probably wouldn't take one until the seventh. If
1: somehow one of those guys slipped to round six or seven, I could see doing it, which you know, probably isn't going to happen. It hasn't happened yet in our mock drafting. It'll but,
2: happen in points leagues, maybe. Uh,
1: Well, then, points league, I don't think I'd do it that early, <laughs> is the thing. Do you think there are any pitchers that are worthy of being taken?
0: Uh, uh, any, okay, those two may probably won't make it there, right? Right. What if Chapman's there? What if Knable's there? What if Ozuna's there? Would you— Think about them in the sixth or seventh round.
1: So I almost see Chapman in the same class as Kimbrel and Jansen. He obviously wasn't as good last year, uh, but he was dealing with, I believe it was a rotator cuff issue for most of the year. Had a couple DL stints for that. So he, had, yeah. So Chapman um,
0: before his first twelve appearances, he had a .79 ERA. Then he had two uh, awful appearances right before going on the DL. And he yeah. comes off the DL. He's still throwing 100 miles per hour. He's not getting any swings and misses. And remember, he had, he had complained about his workload in the postseason the year before. He had said Joe Madden overused him. So something just wasn't right with him. But toward the end of the year, Larry Rothschild changes the grip on Chapman's fastball. And he finishes the season just on fire. Yeah. Doesn't give up a run in his last eleven appearances. Yeah. He's dominant in the playoffs, eight innings, one run, two walks, sixteen strikeouts. He's Chapman right. again. Yeah, and, he totally put, fine. and And Chapman, old Chapman belongs in the discussion with Kimball and Jansen. Yeah, he right? was
1: it was a it was a threesome there for like I don't know, the last five, six years, those three guys have been at the top, which is why which is why I, I think Analysts and, and, you know, users are making an exception for them. Maybe not Chapman so much this year, but the other two is because, you know, even at the top, at, at, for as much turnover as there, there is at the, in this role, at the top, there hasn't been. And obviously the top guys are the best guys and the most trustworthy. So it's, it's a, it's kind of a convergence there that's, that's making them stand out even more. Um, but I think Chapman is right there and the fact that he's going 20 picks behind them. You know, they're going earlier than I want them to go in the first place. So 20 picks later than that is still kind of early for me. But Chapman seems like the better value.
2: Yeah, I would go 5-6 turn for Chapman. I'd be pretty happy with that. And then I wouldn't take anybody else until probably the eighth round.
0: I mean, look, Canable, just based on his numbers last year, he's, like Scott said, second best uh, strikeout rate, right? Yeah. The walk, rates were, the walk rate was kind of high. He does walk guys, and he had kind of an out-of-nowhere season. But I mean the Brewers should be pretty good. Kanebo was number four in points, number three in Roto. He didn't even start the season as the closer. So yeah. like
1: he could be that good. He is but it's obviously much less security. It, maybe the ADP is showing otherwise, but my experience in drafting is that he is so far behind this group. Like, I will probably have some some shares in Craig and Corey Kaneble this year because I think the upside it is a lead. The upside is now he's not as safe as that other group. I'll grant that. But he is one of those. He was one of those like genuine relief pitcher prospects, not a guy who just we never heard about him until he was good. But a guy who even when he was in the Tigers and the Rangers system, because he got he kept being this trade ship for all these teams like this guy is a potential closer someday. Corey Keneville. And then it finally happened last year. So I, you know, he's. He's not safe like that group is, but he's safer than he could be. And he adjusts. I
0: think you have to worry about the walks with him. And yep. 4.4 4 walks per nine in 2016, 4.7 walks per nine last year. He managed a 1.16 whip, which is not great for a reliever. They have Jacob Barnes and Josh Hader in the bullpen as well, so there could be some fallback options. But obviously, Kniebel will start as the guy. Yeah, I, I, and
1: Barnes I, wasn't even really that good no, in, in the it's, end. It's, and no. and Hader, they want to move to the rotation like, anybody, any closer has a bad week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, any closer has a bad week,
2: they could lose their job. I don't think but... he is at particularly high risk to lose his job. I think he's at a higher risk than most to not be as good as he was last year. I mean, he won't be as good as he was last year. But to not be elite.
0: And it's, that's just kind of like the position. I mean, yeah. It, well, how Do you view Chapman the same way? He's basically the same as Kimbrell and K- Jansen?
2: He, no. Because I don't think you just completely scoff at last year and say oh it was just some rotator cuff issues right that's kind of a big deal for a guy that was 103 miles per hour so and he did lose his job last year too i do he is a bigger risk they've got like 17 closers that would close for everybody else (laughs) right um so legitimately five five closer caliber relievers in their bullpen it's an amazing bullpen so there's certainly more risk i i he's he's around behind those guys for me like i said five six right
1: okay
0: hey i forgot to mention this by the way there was a lot of news over the weekend JD Martinez signed last night on Tuesday, or on Monday. It's Tuesday today. Um Eric Hosmer signed. You want to give me uh like five words to describe your feelings on Eric Hosmer on the Padres? Not a what? big
1: change for him.
0: Oh really?
2: Okay. Nah. Not, not a big change for him. Small boost for like Will Myers, Margot. The guys are gonna be that lineup looked like it might be one of the worst in baseball. Now it's less terrible.
0: Is Myers currently outfield eligible?
2: Or no, he will get No, it. he will get it. That
1: um there is some sadness that Jose Perella and Hunter Renfro they both can't start now. And Perella, I mean, was a legit sleeper I think the way he performed as a starter last season. Renfro's got some power upside, but we'll see what happens there. And J.D. Martinez of the Red Sox 5 years about 110 million the biggest thing for me is that he's going to be dhing which is i mean that in a good way because his biggest yeah. issue over the years is that he can't stay on the field only one season with even 125 games okay so uh you know that nelson cruz has become a fantasy stud in the, at the end of his career because he overcame the health hurdle as a dh so these guys are going to talk about all this stuff and and anything else that goes
2: down pace of play stuff things like that I, I do think one thing on Martinez, I've gotten several tweets about how much does this move him up in the rankings going to Boston. I don't know that it really does. His batted ball profile suggests that he's going to lose just as many homers to deep center and and right center where Boston's really deep as he's going to gain because he's kind of a line drive type hitter anyway. A lot of balls off the monster probably.
0: Okay. And I mean we had to assume that there was a pretty good chance he was going to go to Boston anyway. So on Thursday we'll talk about this. Tomorrow we'll do our first base preview. Thursday we'll talk about all the news and notes. Um. alright, so, points leagues, head-to-head categories, roto leagues, things change quite a bit. Let's start with a two-reliever points league, where you can also throw in sparps, which are starting pitchers as relief pitchers, okay? Guys like Mike Minor, um Stevenson, it's not the peacock, it's not the best year for sparps, but, but it's easy. I mean, it's, it's much easier to deal with relief pitcher in those formats. There's probably, probably always going to be in a 12-team league or shallower, always going to be one or two guys that you can plug in that will get you saved. They may not be that good. But, yeah. Scott, I don't get this. I mean, you are the king of head-to-head points leagues. You do great every year in the podcast league. But you always wait on relief pitchers. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, man, I've had so many struggles the last couple of years because my relief pitchers haven't been good enough. I kind of want Kenley Jansen. He's, like I said, he's, he was like 200 points better than the number six relief pitcher two years ago. He was 123.5 points better last year, but you don't do that. You wait uh, in the points leagues, right? I do,
1: and one thing that's one thing that's easy to do in a in any head to head league, points league or whatever, is get caught up in the week to week, where you, there might be a stretch of a month. Where your closer is getting you only 12 to 15 points and you see your competitor getting like a 40, 40 point, 35, 40 point week from a closer. You're like, why can't I have that? <laughs> like I drafted the wrong closer. Why can't I have nice things? But it's going to come at some point unless it's like, you know, Brad Hand or one of those closers who we don't expect to get even 30 saves over a full season because their team's so bad. So give, like, give me a couple closers you could see on your points league team. That you, that you Honestly, be... it's just going to depend on who falls. Like right now, I'm drafting Greg Holland a lot because nobody knows where he's going to wind up. And I, I know that, you know, by the time some people are listening to this, maybe it'll be a decided. Um, and I guess there's some concern he won't sign to be a closer, but that that seems low probability to me. So I'm happy to take him in the later rounds. Wade Davis is falling a lot because he's pitching for Colorado. I mean, that seemed to go okay for Greg Holland last year, and Wade Davis with the curveball instead of the slider would seem to be even better equipped to handle that. So I, I don't think that's a problem. Rocky in a 21-round draft, what do you think when you'd start looking at a closer? Now, look, obviously if Kenley
0: Jansen is there in round six or seven, Scott would go away from his strategy, his try- well, to strategy, right? Not, on the
2: not, not, in, a not in a points league. Not in a points league? Not in a points league. Come on, no. Scott White. i no. go Jansen in five, by the way. Um, oh, so.
0: Yeah, I think you can win that way. I'm not saying you have to do it Scott's way. I'm with you, Heath. I, I, I don't know about five, but certainly six, I'd be right
1: there. Ah, uh, in a points league where every team's starting two relievers, I mean, the presumption is there probably going to be one or two closers that go undrafted. So, oh, for sh-
2: more but, than that. But you, those by deciding you're going—I think it needs to be said—and I know this strategy does work, but by deciding you're going to just say, "Well, there will be closers out there." You are agreeing to sacrifice two hundred to three hundred points to the guys that are taking elite closers. Like that's, that's true. That's the well, math of it. To, at that position, you are saying I'm okay with being two or three hundred points worse at this position because I'm going to be better at other places.
1: How how much worse was Alex Calame? Not From that Kenley much Jansen. Worse. But he had 47 saves last year, like he right. would have hadn't got, and you like Colin Now part, last year. part of the reason, my point is part of the reason there's such a big gap between Jansen Kimbrell and everybody else is because the everybody else, particularly the best of everybody else, the Knebbles, the Riveros, the Doolittle's, they weren't closing all year. Somebody else True. was. So when that transition happens, it's not like you're just getting, uh, the, the points after the transition. You had somebody else. Plugged in, getting saves before that.
0: Kolame was still sixty-eight points worse than Kenley Jansen, and he did that. And that was when he led the league mm-hmm. in saves, led baseball in saves. Yeah, it's um, not. But nothing, he wasn't. But, but he wasn't that. He was. Yeah, he was thirty-eight points worse than K- Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, but you can add a ten-round discount. You know, you take that. You but sure? that's only one example, really. Uh,
2: yes, you know, if but, you get the very best reliever after the tenth
1: round. Well, I don't you'll know that he's really the very best reliever. He had the most saves, but he right. had a. He didn't right. have such a great, which season. is why it was kind of lucky. Right, it was lucky. Okay, who else who, who else who who Enable was for? Ozuna was he wasn't was there five. all he wasn't closing all year. Ozuna would have been like a what,
0: twelfth, thirteenth round pick oh, last year Ozuna probably. Ozuna
1: was closing all year, had a lot of blown saves. Greg but. Holland
0: but I mean th- now you're talking Greg Holland was six and you're talking two two a hundred and twenty three points worth. So, for, so, so right. I guess the
2: question is like you just have to tell us the guys that are going to do that. And then, but look, then I, nobody mean, needs to look,
0: I know it sounds crazy, but it works for him. That's I'm not,
2: I'm not, I'm not criticizing him. I'm just saying, but you have to get those guys. The reason it's not working for you is you're not getting those guys.
1: You don't have to get I
0: those guess. guys, or maybe I'm just not doing as well in the other positions. As because right.
1: those guys will be emerging on waivers without much, um, much demand from, for them right, from yeah. the rest of the league. Right. That's a good so point. So you like the closers you're draft the the two closers you're drafting to fill that like i do probably want to, not going to keep them. I'm there
0: still all not either. comfortable being weak at closer in points leagues. Like, forget about where we take Jansen. I still want to get like two top 14 or 15 guys. Probably. Yep. Like, I don't want Scott, right.
2: Scott wants zero top 14 or 15 guys. No, it's not, no, not, not I'll, I'll no, probably draft one. Drafted at that range, you, you'll get top 14 or 15 guys by the end of the year. But, I might, I might just, I might draft one. I'm,
1: you know, just to, just a little bit of security built in. But the thing is, you can probably wait till round 13, 14 right, okay, to draft right. one. Like an Edwin Diaz or something like yeah. that you take. And then somebody later.
0: All right. And, and so Heathel he is willing to invest a little bit more. In a head to head categories league, I have talked about this a lot with daily form, daily lineups. A lot of people playing this. Very popular. Head to head categories, daily lineups. 12 teams. I played in this league year after year. 12 teams. Uh most of my bench is pitchers and I will have probably five closers. Um and yep, you know, I will right. have maybe one or two hitters on my bench and I will load up on pitchers and relief pitchers especially, try to win saves. They will lower your whip and ERA. You can play them every day in your lineup. Yep. And then, you know, you can you don't know, you're not missing out on starts necessarily because uh you don't have to ch- decide who I'm starting and sitting every week. You can play every starting pitcher on the day he pitches.
2: And in the head to head categories with weekly, I'm still probably going to have five relievers, maybe not five closers, but I'm still probably going to have five relievers.
1: Now, this That's is this is a point to bring up because Heath was just referring to categories, leagues earlier uh, when he was talking about how he wanted at least four. Right. And, you know, a lot of times we just go, we make the distinction points versus category and we're kind of lumping in Roto and, and head-to-head categories into one by saying categories, leagues. But I think a relief pitcher, the distinction matters because... You're, you've been one in the past who in head to head categories league, Keith, uh. I may not take a starter. Right. Yeah. R- well. And you
2: need to make sure there's
1: not an innings minimum, obviously. Right. If, the, if there's the not list. an innings limit, maybe you could not take a starter. But you wouldn't do that in a roto league, right? You'd...
2: I will take a starter, but I, that four, that little caveat of I want four relievers applies to roto as well. You're, like, so we're talking season long. Last roto. year in the league that Adam brings up so often, I believe I started the year with five relievers in the draft. Okay.
1: And four starters. So you're willing to, like, you're just acknowledging from the get-go, I'm not necessarily punting, but I'm going to be weak in the, wins and The strikeouts. way
2: that it worked, and it will not always work this way, but the way that it worked was it, around the midway point of the season, I had about seven-tenths of a run advantage in ERA and two-tenths in whip. I was over second place. And I started streaming more two-start pitchers then. And I started catching up. Not, I didn't get anywhere close to the top in wins and, and strikeouts but i was able to make up places because you're going to ha- the teams that are at the bottom in wins and strikeouts are going to stop playing
0: yeah
2: and it's not going to be hard to pass seventh in in those two categories in the second half it okay. won't always work out that well but that was what happened last but if time.
1: you're streaming two-star pitchers they're not the best pitchers i mean That's couldn't, true. It,
2: couldn't they end up
1: undoing you gotta, the, you the, manage the games that. you made
2: i think you, you definitely have to manage that yeah
0: yeah, again, and that's not the approach that Scott took and they finished very similarly right. in the standings. Yeah. And I wasn't that far behind and I I'm like i I'm usually a three closer guy. In a twelve team uh rodo league where you have to start nine pitchers and you just it's five by five categories. I'm usually a six starter, three closer guy. But I wouldn't mind taking a fourth closer just for for the bench or for weeks where I don't love my starting pitching matchups. This is all based on a landscape where starting pitchers were where hitters hitting was up last year. Starting pitchers were rough and you look at a guy, Oh God, I don't want to put him in my
2: lineup. Oh, your fifth starting pitcher, sixth especially your sixth starting pitcher, is usually going to be bad. You just hope it's a bad two start pitcher.
0: Bad I would say it could be like Alex Cobbie, right? Like sometimes you play the matchups. And and if you don't like the matchups, you go with a reliever instead. And that's that was a change for me. Like I previously never would do that. I would always go with the starting pitcher. Last year I said, look, these starting pitchers aren't so good. These relievers are putting up big time even if they're not getting saves. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a reliever, but you don't have to draft that way. You yeah, can always that's pick the up a free Like
1: that's, that's kind of just you, you shift to that midseason or maybe even earlier than midseason or go reverse <laughs> or you could <can> do <laughs> reverse <laughs> like Heath does. Yeah. Like, but I, I would rather give my team the chance to have the highest possible upside it can. Like just have the confidence in myself to pick up. The 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 breakout pitchers And end up with six really good starting pitchers Like And it probably won't happen But it definitely won't happen if you're not Drafting that way, you know Okay, so then let's answer these questions fairly quickly So we can do our ADP review
0: And talk about players, basically Who we like and who we don't like First of all for points leagues, who are the best sparps? Those are the starting pitchers as relief pitchers, the starting pitchers you can put in an RP spot. Who are the best sparps, and when would you take them?
1: Well, it would be far and away Brad Peacock if we were confident he had a rotation spot. But after the Garrett Cole trade, he probably won't at the start of the season. I imagine he'll still make his share of starts as the Astros are moving in and out pitchers to preserve innings with McCullers and whomever else. So he's still up there for me. But number one for me is Mike Minor who had a you know overcame shoulder issues to have a great season in relief for the Royals last year has been a top 30 starting pitcher in fantasy in the past. Yeah, that was um, what
0: 2013
1: something like that. Yeah. 13
0: and 9 3.21 ERA. That was all the way back in 2013.
1: Yep. And he had what he missed two seasons. But um, he's like I ha- I typically have when a guy dominates in relief and then moves to the rotation, I typically have confidence he's going to be a pretty good starter. Uh, you know, maybe he won't give you the innings. Maybe he'll get hurt at some point. But while he's pitching, I'm pretty confident he's going to be good still. And in Minor's case, he's kind of already proven as a starter. Yeah, he's right. Mus- right, number
2: one. Miner's my number two. Peacock's my number three. My favorite is Joe Musgrove. I just think he's going to get the opportunity. He may make. He should, he's the most likely of these guys to make 33 starts this year. Musgrove. 32.
0: I mean, Musgrove hasn't been a good starter. As a reliever, though, one forty four ERA, five walks, thirty one strikeouts. But now he's going to the National League, and he's yep. still very young. He's only been in the
1: league two years. Yeah.
0: So you got Musgrove, you got Miner, and you got Stevenson, Robert and, Stevenson. And
1: Peacock. yeah. yeah. Who, uh, who's competing for a job this spring? Like Stevenson may not make the Reds' rotation. Um, it's not quite a situation like Peacock, where you wonder how he's going to find his way back in if he doesn't. But uh he we, was pretty good down the stretch. A lot of walks. He's probably always going to have a lot of walks, but um, really made strides. And I think in a points league particularly where you're not so worried about the whip, Robert Stevenson could be pretty good.
0: Would you take like any of these guys, your favorite guy for Heath, it's Musgrove, for Scott, it's minor over Mark Melanson? Uh, Not that
1: high, no. Okay.
0: And that's kind of probably a change because there have been better, like Danny Duffy when he was, was that two years ago or last year? That was last year. I mean, Danny Duffy taking, was a sparp. Yeah, people were taking him in like the 6th round. The, yeah, there, it's there not are, as good of a crop.
2: There. there are not a lot, I don't feel like of high upside sparp options that are going to be starting at the beginning of the year, but there are guys like Josh Hader. Um, I know some people are excited about Walker Bueller for the Dodgers. Uh Jose De Leon has been a top prospect in the past that could be called up in May or June. Or could start, starting in July that could be just enormous benefits of Sparks.
1: I had to make a correction here. In points leagues, in my point head to head rankings, I have Mike Miner two spots ahead of Melance and now it's different in Roto, different in categories. And the thing is you can kind of take a risk in points leagues because there
0: are closers on the waiver wire. Yeah. So if you wanted to say, oh well, the Sparp has much more upside, then, you know, you can, you can take him over a true reliever.
2: And one more that's really interesting that we don't ever talk about is Matt Bush. And yeah. He's competing for a yeah. job. He's got, has shown incredible stuff in the past. But he also, I mean, the idea of him throwing 150 innings seems pretty crazy.
0: All right, here we go. Fill in the blank. My favorite sleeper relief pitcher is blank.
2: Heath. Yes. You want me to go first. I do. As a sleeper. Does Brandon Morrow count? I i mean, I love it. If Brent, If we were at April 6th and Greg Holland was signed... And I was 100% certain that Brandon Morrow was the closer for the Cubs. He might be top 12 for me. As it is, I have him 18th. Now, this whole chasing Cubs, the Cubs have not been very good at providing relievers with saves. Two years ago, it was because they won their games by too many uh runs and didn't give save opportunities. Last year was just a weird situation where Davis was actually good but didn't get the save opportunities. So that's a little bit of a risk. But Morrow could absolutely just have an enormous year.
0: Morrow had a 2.06 ERA, nine walks, 50 strikeouts, and 43 and two-thirds, and a .92 whip.
1: Scott, who's your favorite sleeper? Can it be non-closers? Yeah. Uh, A.J. Minter? A.J. Minter and I'm going to kind of go dual because uh, it's the same situation for both. A.J. Minter for the Braves, Keone Kella for the Rangers. I think they're their respective team's best relievers. And usually that winds up with them closing at some point. I know for AJ, in AJ Minter's case, that's the plan. Like they view him as the closer of the future. Um, and he didn't get much time last season. I th- think he threw like, how many innings was it? I'll, I'll try and look it up here. But Kella, same situation. Like, they're, they're 15 current, innings. 15 innings, but how many strikeouts to how many walks?
0: Two walks, 26 strikeouts yeah. for
1: Minter. Yeah, I mean, it was his fifth. B- was, this guy
0: know had a nice year, though,
1: so. Yeah, he's I mean, gonna have this guy struggle. Eno's fine, but AJ Minter's better. Like, yeah, that's, and a- Alex Claudio is
0: somebody you've been like, he's gonna lose the job in Texas. Yeah,
1: and the, the, yeah, moving to Texas, uh, Alex Claudio, um, kind of a ground ball specialist, not who you usually see in that role, and that, that typically, uh, doesn't go well over the long run. Keller's numbers last year are really good
0: okay Redskins running backs Rangers relievers they are the same and the fact that they will they always change from who we think they will be preseason um or at least who they start with favorite breakout relief pitcher Heath you're starting again here
2: yeah I'm gonna go with Rysell Iglesias, and I don't even know that he's going to be a lot better than he was last year but I do agree with Scott that the Reds will be slightly improved from what they were in 2017 I I like the way – I was a little worried going into last year how they were saying they weren't going to have traditional closer roles. But I really like the way they will just bring him in in the eighth inning and he's just going to close the game from the eighth. And it, through 76 innings last year, 78 the year before that included a couple starts, Rice Iglesias has top three potential.
0: Okay, Rice right, so Iglesias for Heath. How about you, Scott? Favorite breakout?
1: So it's probably Josh Hader, but it morphs because I think he's going to, uh, shift to the rotation and become the best spark at some point this season. So like if we're just going to focus on closers, I'm going to say Blake Parker. And I don't want to invest a lot in Blake Parker because Mike Socha was just so non-committal to who his closer was all season. And I imagine since it's mostly the same cast of characters returning, it's going to be the same way this year. But. Blake Parker was their best reliever last year. 254 ERA, .83 whip, 11.5 strikeouts per nine innings. Started emphasizing his splitter more, just took him to another level. And, uh, he's presumed to be the closer going into the season. Again, Sochers being noncommittal. If Parker is actually the Angels closer from start to finish, he's probably top 10. Oh, yeah. I mean,
0: Parker, Felipe Rivero, Brad Hand. Do you see just general similarities? These guys have great numbers. But, Hand and Rivero are the closers, presumably. Parker, we don't know. But if all three of them were the closers, I mean, Parker is on the best team by far. Mm-hmm. And is set up, like, yeah, I mean, he, he's set up to have a big year. Uh, if he just is the, like Scott said, is the closer from start to finish. Um, alright, how about a bust? Scott, you can go first. Who's a bust for, at relief pitcher?
1: Alex Calame. Uh, because not only was he, apart from the save total, not very good last year, and by not very good, I mean he averaged less than eight strikeouts per nine, which is, in 2018, I mean, it's unheard of from a closer. It was bad even in, like, 20, 2003, you know? So, uh and, and it, that's not, the, like, the year before he had 11.3, so I don't know exactly what happened, but it, it's definitely concerning going into this new season, apart from that. If the Rays are bad, if they keep doing things like DFA-ing Corey Dickerson— Oh, yeah. What the hell was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex Colomay's going to get traded, for yeah. sure. And, you know, we see it all the time. A contender trades for a closer. He becomes not a closer anymore. Brandon Kinsler happened to him last year. Um, I would guess most of the contenders, particularly if Colomay's still striking out eight batters per nine— uh they're going to have somebody better for the ninth inning so he'll just be out of luck there and uh okay yeah, Alex lose his value?
0: Uh, Alex Colomay for Scott and he in ADP Colomay is um he's well 14th okay actually a little later than i thought going around 10th around uh, 10 uh, who's your bust teeth uh
2: i will go with Felipe Rivero and i'm i'm not certain that Felipe Rivero is going to be bad this year i'm not saying that but i am relatively certain the pirates are going to be just awful and i do think like last year he had a 167 era he had a 303 xfip he really cut his walks down and if he can do that again then he's probably going to keep his era around an even three but there's a chance he's like a 3-5 guy on a team that wins 59 games all right felipe <laughs> i, I, see, I, I how see are it. they
0: going to be good like well, they're just, look they're the, terrible.
1: Look at the middle of their lineup. They still have Bell, Marte, Polanco. Those are their
2: best three hitters, but that uh, is a
1: below-average top three. Hitters. Jamison Tyone, Tyler Glass. Now, like if Tyler Glass now breaks out, suddenly their starting rotation is includes Chad Cool, Joe Musgrove, and Trevor Williams. Yeah, but it also like your you like spark, Joe Musgrove. Jamison Tyone's already pretty good. Like they could. I'm not saying they're going to contend for a playoff spot, but this isn't. This isn't a stripped-down situation. We're completely rebuilding oh. the roster. They kept a lot of their uh, core pieces. They're not, they may not be done yet, though. Like, they make trade Josh Harrison. Eh, who cares? It's um, a Adam Frazier's been... probably better.
2: Like, Sean Rodriguez, Daniel Nava, Colin Moran, Jordy Mercer... Kyle these, Moran could be pretty th- these good. These are all guys well, that are going to get regular at bats. I think
0: nice. what I'd like from my team, if I have a closer, is 75 or more wins. I'd feel comfortable with that. You don't have to be that good. 75 or more wins, yeah. you can get a— Look, There was an example of a team that had, like, 71 wins um, last year. San Diego, 71 wins. They had the 10th most saved chances. So it's not set in stone. There are exceptions to the rule. And Scott thinks Pittsburgh will be better than Heath and I think they will be. All right. Anyway, I'm going to give you guys two names that I think are potential sleepers. I want you to know. Uh, I want you to let me know what you think. One I've already mentioned is Mark Melanson, who was pitching with a really bad forearm injury last year. He had surgery, and before that, Mark Melanson was one of the best fantasy relievers. He's not a huge strikeout guy, but he gets a lot of saves and he keeps runs off the board. That's number one. And number two is Jerry's Familia, who Dave Island said will get most of the saves. For the Mets, I know that they talk <laughs> Breaking about, rank there.
1: Yeah, but look, I mean,
0: Terry Francona. So the, the Indians pitching coach is now the Mets manager, and he comes from a team that said that gave us the indication that Cody Allen might not get all the saves. Cody Allen got all the saves. Yeah. So Familia, last year he was bad. He had a 438 ERA. I mentioned this on Friday's show with Chris. If you take a look, closer look at the game log for Familia, it was the last game before going on the DL and the first game off the DL. He was terrible in both. It really inflated his ERA. Before that, you're talking about a top five closer in both formats in each of the previous two years. Mm-hmm. So Melanson and Familia, like you want to wait on closer and take two guys. Maybe Familia is like the third of three guys. I don't know if you want to be your number two closer. I think you could do worse than those guys. What do you think? Do you see sleeper appeal in Melanson and Familia?
2: There is. Melanson, like my problem with him is that I never – actually thought he was as good as the numbers say he was back when he was good. And so as soon as he was bad, I'm like, yeah, I told you he was bad. Confirmation bias. Um, but yes, as, as a sleeper. Sure. He, he could absolutely have another year where he strikes out seven batters per nine and has a two, two ERA. He's done it like, before.
1: Nobody wants him. That's I know. The thing. I think like he's so often just, man, all the closers are gone. Oh wait, Mark Melanson is still there. So I, I totally get what you're saying. And, um, I'll probably have a decent number of shares in him. Familia, I recently moved, even before, uh, Dave Island kinda said, kinda, you know, tipped the Mets hand that Familia's the front runner there. I, I looked at the game, I took another look at both the game log for him and AJ Ramos and had the same takeaway. Like, okay, Familia was actually pretty good. Uh, last year when he returned. So I moved him up to 24th in my relief pitcher rankings, which 12 team league, I guess, does technically make him a number two reliever. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him to be my second reliever. Right. Um, so, you know, I like him more than the guys behind him, or Shane Green, Blake Trinan. Uh, Fernando Rodney. I like Familia more than all of them. Oh, I've got to,
0: Addison Reed's got to be a sleeper.
1: This is the year that Fernando Rodney loses his job. <laughs> but this why? Because he, he sucks. We say that every year. I know, I know. <laughs> but I just eventually – he's yeah. old, man. He's not even young. I hope not because I'm invested in him now. He's my – uh I paid $10 for him in the, our AL only Roto auction on Thursday. I hope he got – I guess he didn't get Addison Reed. Well, he went for $9, Addison Reed wow. did. So, no, I didn't.
0: All right. So, uh, we haven't even talked about Hector Neris. We haven't really talked about Brad Hand, Cody Allen, who for some reason the Indians are the exception to the rule. Like they are a great team that never gets save chances. It is the strangest thing. They are like almost always at the bottom in save opportunities. Let's get into average draft position right now. Uh so Jansen 37th, Kimbrell forty-eighth, Chapman sixty-fifth overall. Jansen beginning of round four, Kimbrell end of round four, Chapman in round six. I'm gonna give you guys one Potential issue for each of these three players, and you just tell me how much it weighs on you. We saw what happened with Chapman last year after the heavy workload in the postseason. Kenley Jansen, pretty heavy workload in the postseason. Sixteen and two thirds. He pitched in six World Series games. He threw more than an inning five times. Does this matter hmm. to you at all? Maybe it not. Should. Not five times in the World Series. Five times in
1: the postseason. Does this matter? Yeah, to maybe you? it should. I mean, if he's like, he didn't complain about it. Chapman right? was hurt. For most Didn't of last year, about right? It. He was hurt. Yeah. And maybe he was hurt because he threw all those innings in the postseason. Maybe not. Like, it's just one of those things where I mean, I'm going to use confirmation bias again. Like, when it happens, it's like, oh, this must be why it happened. But then a lot of times it doesn't happen, too. So I don't – like, I generally don't put a lot of stock in that. So um, what do you think? You're not going to – maybe a no, little? maybe a like, little? I'm not going to move Kimbrel ahead of him because of this, but – like, I, I understand where you're coming from. That's as far as I can go with it. No, I'm not concerned.
0: All right. Craig Kimbrell. Alex Cora said he will use Craig Kimbrell in non-save situations. I that, don't think that's an insignificant development here. Could, I could lower wonder, the save totals.
2: I would like to think that what this means is he's not going to be held hostage by the late inning, the game's tied, I can't use my best Reliever. Oh, yeah, that's
0: what, that's what it means. And
2: so I don't necessarily think that that's going to have a huge, like he, he only had 35 saves last year. Exactly. He had 35 so, saves no. and
0: he was the number two closer. Alright, so, but just keep it in mind. Um, Aroldis Chapman, I get, man, we already talked about it. Yeah. The, the risk is baked into the, uh, to the ADP with him. Get it, go into the sixth round for Aroldas Chapman. Alright, then we've got Corey Canabel. a few picks after Aroldas Chapman. End of round six. We, we have Roberto. Way too soon.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's too soon. too soon. That's, that hasn't been my experience. I get Keneble like four rounds after the others. Uh, but if, if he's going that soon, then no. Roberto Ozuna in round seven.
2: Uh, it's about right. Like mid to late round seven, I'm good with him and Giles both there.
1: You know, he was actually third among closers in FIP last year behind the big two, Jansen and Kimbrel. His FIP, Ozuna's FIP was, um, I lost it here. It was 1.74? Yeah, 1.74. They had a lot of blown saves. Like, I think he had nine blown saves. Well, he had ERA over four in save situations. Yeah, he had ten blown saves. I guess another way to look at it, first six appearances,
0: Ozuna had a 750 ERA. Rest of season, he had a 295 ERA, which is great. He's good. But last 22 games, he had a 623 ERA. Two straight years as a top five closer in
1: points. Two straight years as top seven in Roto. And there was... Some talk of an anxiety issue for him that, uh, I think he, I think he got some help for. Oh, oh, this is a great stat. I forgot about this. For whatever reason, three
0: straight seasons for Ozuna. He has been bad late in the year. Keep it in mind. Keep it in mind. I don't, I just <laughs> discovered it this morning. Three straight seasons have been bad. By
1: late in the year, what do you mean? Like September? Last September? Sep-
0: it's been a little bit different each year, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like the last two months.
2: Dude. Yeah. Do you remember the start of the show where we talked about how with relievers even over a full seal? No, this is three straight. This is a pattern. Really, so we're dealing with at least like fifteen innings per year. But this is a pattern. Like this is not insignificant. No, it's so high
0: no. on Ozuna. No, it's a pattern. <laughs> all right, Edwin Diaz. So Ken Giles is not next off the board. He's not sixth. He's eighth. Okay. Um we've got Edwin Diaz, Felipe Rivero, and Ken Giles, and Cody Allen. They're all going in round eight. Edwin Diaz, Felipe
2: Rivero, Ken Giles, Cody Allen. Um, that just tells me I want a lot more Ken Giles. I would much rather have him over Rivero or Edwin Diaz.
1: I mean in theory, yes. But like when it mattered most, the Astros decided they couldn't trust Ken Giles. Yeah, he had an eleven seventy four
0: postseason ERA
1: and lost his job.
0: I like the fact that Gregerson's not there anymore. A little bit less competition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They could um, go with –
0: they're not going to go with Davensky. They could go with Joe Smith and go with Will Harris. Will Harris is very right, good. Right. That's the
1: thing. Like, it's not like there's – okay, well, we'll plug this other guy into the role. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't make too much of it. It's just, like, how quick are they going to be to make that hook again? Because anybody can have a bad week. Give me your
0: ranking of those four in round eight. Edwin Diaz, Felipe Rivero, Ken Giles, Cody Allen.
2: Um, I'll go first. Giles – Diaz, no, Giles, Allen,
1: Diaz, Rivero. I have Giles, Rivero, obviously believing in the Pirates more than you two, um, Diaz, and then Allen last.
0: Here's the – like, Cody Allen is an awesome pitcher year after year. He just never gets the saves. His career high is 34 saves, and he's been the primary closer for the Indians. Um, so – if he just gets a little luckier with that and he gets to 40 saves, mm-hmm. this oh, could be a breakout for Cody yeah,
1: Allen.
2: Yeah, certainly has top five potential.
1: My more sensible self says it's just bad luck over and over again mm-hmm. and ignore it. Um, but I'm not listening to my more <laughs> sensible self and, and when ranking Cody Allen, like I just, I don't want to fall for it again. Well, another
2: thing that's hurt him and it's, I don't know what the gap is between where he's finishing and where he should be finishing, but 3 years in a row he's got an ERA below 3 and he's lost 3 more games than he's won 2 and 5 3 and 5 3 and 7. You should not have a 3 and 7 record with a 2.94 ERA as a reliever. It's
0: true. Um all right so we again that round is Diaz, Felipe Rivero, Ken Giles and Cody Allen. I think that brings us to number 10, Wade Davis, who's going in round 9, just after the, those four. Wade Davis, then so the next group is Davis, Rice, Iglesias, Brad Hand, Alex Colomay, Sean Doolittle, Wade
1: Davis, Rice Iglesias, Brad Hand, Alex Colomé, Sean Doolittle. Sean Doolittle seems totally out of, out of uh out of rank there with those others. Well, he should be ahead of them.
2: Yeah. Wow, I've got him behind all of them. Okay. I nice. was just thinking I need to move him up ahead of Colomay, but I would still rather have Iglesias, Hand, and Davis.
1: It's worth pointing out too, like. Because it's one thing dealing with average draft position where there's, you know, mountains of data being poured in. But, you know, you're going to have one draft and it's going to not follow ADP, of course. It's mm-hmm. just going to be one little piece of data applied to ADP. Like, whichever of these guys falls is the one I want, really. Truth. Except I, I really feel like Doolittle could get ten more saves than Brad Hand or Iglesias
0: wouldn't surprise me a little bit. In fact, I would probably like project him to have close to 10. In, yeah. in
1: the case of hand, I probably shouldn't make it an equivalency. Maybe. Well, I'll come around so on a glaciers. I, yeah, I will so it's really just hand that I'm worried I'm too about. Low and on, and on just that, to, yeah. cause the Padres won 71 games last year. Right. Um, and it had the, and had the, what? seventh 12th most or 11th 12th most, most save opportunities, Right. They they did. Did. The run differential, their Pythagorean win loss record had them going 59 and one Oh three. So like they, they like, Exceeding that by 12 wins is unheard of. Um, so they got really lucky there. And uh, they do have Hosmer now, so I don't know. Maybe he's worth three extra wins. I don't know.
2: And I would ex- I, My but expectation I expect is probably young players, players generally get better. So I would expect yeah, that Margot and Renfro will be worth more than they were last year.
1: If Renfro plays, which he may not. People are high on Margot. Right? Like, the thing about the Padres is they're a rebuilding team, but they're a rebuilding team who isn't anywhere close. To introducing like their they're, they're real talent, yeah, probably in the best division in baseball.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe they. I mean, if not the best, like they're they're in a very good division. We can, yeah. we can
1: argue about I, that. Yeah, they're I'm very good division.
2: I am very conflicted about that division because I'm not sure how good the Diamondbacks are anymore. Why <laughs> they <should> be good? <laughs> Nobody knows what to their expect. From the Diamondbacks be anymore? Di-
1: they're gonna have great pitching.
2: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> There's
0: probably not a bad team other than the Padres. Um, maybe depends how you feel about the Giants, but. Uh, All right, let's move on. Let's move on. So we can talk about more closers here. After Sean Doolittle in round 11, Hector Neris in round 13. And the Phillies should be better. Um, You got Greg Holland in round 13. You got a Rodas Viscayeno in round 13. So Neris, Holland, Viscayeno. What do you think about that trio?
1: Viscayeno's way too early. Yeah. Well, he's the worst of the three because I think he has the least uh Well, I can't say that with Holland inside, right? (laughs) Assuming Holland signs to be a closer. I think Vizcaino has the worst job security of the three. I actually feel really good about Naris. Like, I think, he, I guess they signed Tommy Hunter in the offseason. That's the biggest threat for Naris. And Pat Neshek. Well, um, and, and, and they have,
2: like, they spent most of last year letting bad pitchers be closers.
0: They've got, they, with Hunter, Nishek, and Naris, they've got they, they've a pretty got got solid back. Letting bad open. pitchers be who, closers? Naris was their closer. He
2: wasn't their closer the entire year. We had to wait until, what was it? How late was it when he became the closer?
0: How many saves did he end up with? He had nineteen after the All Star
2: break. Uh, he had twenty six. So maybe it was yeah, just maybe maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't as long as I thought. No, there
1: was there was for a stretch of the season where he himself appeared to be on thin ice because the splitter just wasn't doing what it did the year before. Well, who but started he, the year as their closer? He um, was it Gomez was it? Ben yeah, Wall? It may have been John Mar Gomez. Yeah, John Gomez. Yeah. All right, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Okay. I mean, I, they, he's in a
0: better spot. They should be better, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think he's established himself in that role. Like it's not a situation where would they, like last year we were asking, would the Phillies let him do that knowing it's going to inflate his value, his arbitration value down the road? Like that's, that ship has sailed. So it, I think he's fine.
2: Here's the only thing I'll say about Narris is the last three years, his FIP has been 472, 330 and 371. That's his, his whip was 126 last year. That's not an elite closer. He walks more than three batters per nine, and his strikeout numbers are just yeah. He's not an elite closer. Yeah, he's not an elite closer. And and then so you could so you could wait. You could take Melanson and Familia over over him. Would you do that? I would take. I don't like Melanson all that much, and I would take him over Neris. Would you take Familia over Nerys? No. Would you take Brandon Morrow over Nerys?
1: For now, I have Nerys the highest of this group. Um Morrow, I think, would be better if he is for sure the closer. And, again, I know this is, like, not interesting, but, you know, I'll let somebody else take Naris to take Melanson, sure. Yeah. Or I'll let somebody oh, else take fine. Melanson to take Neres. That's it's about
0: tiering players. It's February 20th, by the way, so we're going to have more clarity. <laughs> people are actually drafting. I mean, like, Blake Parker goes much later than Hector naris and, and Erodis Viscaino. If we find out tomorrow Blake Parker is the closer, He's probably going to go before those guys.
2: And I would also say, a name we haven't mentioned yet, and I don't know where we get to him in ADP, because it changes – like Scott's approach, I don't know that he has as much value as he does with my approach, but I would take Andrew Miller over Neris.
0: I mean, that just strictly depends on how much you need saves, right? Like, who do you have on your team already? Right. If you don't, have, if any, if if you don't have any saves, I don't think you can take Andrew Miller over Nerys.
2: If you're going – well, unless you're just going to punt saves, like which I can't do. Yeah, I don't do the Andrew
1: Miller thing because, like – like, it's one thing if it's an AL only league and you really need the the security of those numbers that he's going to provide. But that's what you're paying for is security because there are going to be other relievers who do similar things. Maybe not quite as good, but close yeah, enough. There's, there's the going to be a Swarczak, There's going to be a Cainley, There's going to be a Chad Green, like whoever. It, Andrew Miller, though, is – I mean, this isn't a great way to draft, but just a little
0: little plus for him. He is one injury away from – Arguably being the best closer in baseball. Probably second behind. Yeah, that's a fair point. Behind Jansen. All right. Um so other guys here. We got we got we'll go overboard if we have to, but let's try to wrap it up in the next five minutes. Um all right, round thirteen was Naris Holland Viscayeno. After that we have Melanson, Familia. The round doesn't really matter at this point anymore. Calvin Herrera, Brandon Morrow, Archie Bradley. I have not mentioned him. That was a mistake on my part. Um so Familia, Kelvin Herrera, Melanson, Brandon Morrow, Archie Bradley, Blake Trinan. It's an interesting group there. Mm-hmm. Who do you want? Who do you want to
1: avoid? I mean, in theory, I want Archie Bradley, but there's, like, apparently he's in a closer competition with Brad Boxberger, among others. And, uh. LOL?
0: What isn't that just like no not not a like isn't that just like funny?
1: No, I don't think so because it's kind of another Josh Hader situation where I think eventually the plan is to move Bradley back to the rotation, and it's harder to do that when he's established as your closer. So. I mean, Brad Boxberger's been an all-star closer in the past. He was pretty good when he was healthy last season. So that's – uh I don't think it's LOL. I
2: don't feel near as confident uh, as everyone else seems to that Archie Bradley's going to be the Diamondbacks.
0: All right, so then Box Brock, Boxberger has to be a clo- a sleeper.
1: Yeah, he is. I mean, on the deeper end because yeah. you don't have much reason to own him if he's not. But, but yeah, sure. Do you want Blake trying um I like he's a guy I would draft as my third closer in a roto league. Yeah, he's I, I think the best
2: way to say it is Blake is not someone you're trying to get. <laughs> he's just someone you end up with. Do you want Calvin Herrera? Not at all. Not particularly. Why are we so down? On him? A,
0: Didn't he just have like one bad year? He was pretty elite closer, elite, elite pitcher. Before he is the, that.
2: maybe the most likely reliever to be traded. If he's good. If and, he's bad, then he's just awful. And if he's good, he's gonna be traded. And I shouldn't say not at all. Like if I
1: can get him for a dollar or two in a roto league as my third closer again, I would do it. But yeah, like there's questions about his performance. There's questions about how bad the team, like he could be on one of those Padres teams. Pirates teams. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you wanted to use as the standard for bad, <laughs> that could be the Royals
2: this year. I week. would say, like, performance-wise, I expect he'll be better than he was last year.
0: We all seem to want some shares of Brandon Morrow, right? Yeah.
1: We'll wait and see how that plays I, out. I'm about 80% confident he's going to be the Cubs' closer.
0: Yeah, and you could always get two guys. You could take him and Carl Edwards Jr., maybe, or c Um Brad Brock's interesting, because uh, there's no guarantee that we're going to get... Th- there's no guarantee about... uh Zach Britton anymore. And he's out for, what, at least the first two months of the season? Something like that.
2: Brad Brock's good. Yeah. So he's I, interesting. I think I like Brock better than Viscaino or Familia.
1: Do you like Brock better than Blake Parker? I do. Really? Well, there's certainly – I mean, if like he keeps in, the job in the all short year, term yet. there's more assurance that he's going to be getting saves. So um, the shallower the league, I think the more likely you should be to take
0: Brad Brock. That's my take on it. Because if he do, if Britain does come back and you have to drop Brock,
2: then you pick someone else up. Yeah, that's fair. But two months from now, there's going to be multiple closers you could have picked up by then.
1: Uh, like there, there. Yeah. Over the next,
2: next next two months, there are going to be probably seven or eight closers you could pick up. I'm not too worried about if I lose them, even in a deep league.
0: Maybe I right. three or four. Anyone else we have to get to? I mean, I keep mentioning Parker. Then there's like Fernando Rodney, then Batansis, Shane Green. Like,
1: where was Andrew Miller? He's in there. I'm sorry. He's okay. after Brock and he's in between Brock and Parker. Luke Gregerson looks like the Cardinals closer right now. That's, oh, thank you. That's, how um, do I miss that? That's stated that, uh, he's the guy they're looking to for saves. Now, I'm not ruling them out for the, the Holland sweepstakes. Um, and even if Gregerson is the closer, like, it's another situation. I think Tyler Lyons is better. I think John Brebbia may be better. Like I don't know that he would necessarily be the best reliever in that bullpen, so I'm not investing a
2: lot in Gregerson. And there's a a very thinly sourced but uh, exciting rumor out there that Alex Reyes could be a closer this year. All right, for the Cardinals.
0: All right, let's sum it up. Sum it up what we talked about in 20 seconds. Scott, Scott and I
2: disagree completely about relievers. Basically,
0: <laughs> which is which is honestly productive because it tells you there are different ways to go about this. Do what makes you comfortable. And certainly understand how much you value the saves category, because some, there, this is a relief pitcher preview, not a closer preview. Okay. I mean, like you can take Andrew Miller if you, if you want to not necessarily punt saves, but not need to win the category.
1: Well, going back to the way you started it out, this is a notoriously capricious <laughs> position. Let's it's better this. than finicky. Yeah. Notoriously capricious position. So rather than be at the mercy of that, Steer into it. Take advantage of how it's going to be capricious, how guys are going to be losing their jobs left and right, and put yourself in a position not to suffer from it by investing too much in a guy who loses his job, but to benefit.
2: Or if you don't want to stress, go get a couple of guys that aren't <laughs> going to lose their job and just have great closers all year.
0: I wouldn't mind having two top like 15 to 17 closers. Like I wouldn't mind having Ken Giles and even Mark
1: Melanson. Uh, Even though that's risky, maybe maybe a little bit better than that. If I have, I wouldn't either. If I have, okay, I I wouldn't either. I just don't want to pay for the top four or five. Okay. If I have Giles Melanson and Morrow, I think I'd be happy with that. Giles and then then just
0: be active on waivers.
1: Probably going to pay too much for Giles, but otherwise, I agree with you. Maybe like Doolittle and those other two.
0: All right, good. We're we're Doolittle fans right now. Let's just get Greg (laughs) Holland somewhere else and uh, free Sean Doolittle. Thanks for listening, everybody. Tomorrow, back with our first base preview. Then we'll give you the news on Thursday. Then we'll come back with second base on Friday. Have a good one. See ya.